Hello everyone, it's Kyle Cruz and you're listening to the KC at the Movies podcast from May 13th, 2019. Welcome to part two of the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Um, if you've just hopped off the uh, part one, the lengthy Avengers one, uh, well, uh, thanks for sticking around, I guess. Um, if you've had a little break from that one and uh, wanted to wait for a part two, or if maybe if you've listened to... Um, part one already and we're just waiting for part two welcome this is part two of the perhaps not final marvel cinematic universe podcast of the year but uh, um, one of the final lengthy ones i guess um but who knows we could get more information about these films like in the later in the year as well so what i'll do is um on this podcast i'll be talking about First of all, let's start off nice and, you know, let's get straight into it with a quickfire stuff. I'll do my MCU rankings first off, as I was going to do them at the end of the last podcast. Um, and then I will uh, talk about Spider-Man Far From Home, that trailer. Uh, there's a lot of notes I've got there for that. A lot of our thoughts. And then we'll finish off by talking about the future of the MCU, um, Phase 4, and um, what could what that could entail. Um, just want to let you guys know, before we begin... Um, I'll be doing a podcast on Tuesday talking about John Wick 3 because I'll be seeing John Wick 3 actually, well it is half past 2 in the morning on Monday right now, so I'll be seeing John Wick actually tonight at 6.30 as an early screening, get to see it three days early, and I'll be talking about John Wick 3 on Tuesday. I also want to remind you guys to subscribe to the Spotify feed, Uh, if you're on Spotify, subscribe to the Apple Podcast feed, if you're on Apple, there's a link I can give you guys, Um, but as of tomorrow I believe you'll be able to search out the podcast. So, um, because as of, as of late, I just, I just got on Spotify and I just got approved by Apple a few days ago. So big news there. Um, and there are more big things to come. So let's, uh, let's, let's dig into it. Uh, we're going to start off with the MCU rankings. Um, so you're probably maybe wondering, wondering where does Endgame fit in all the, uh, MCU films? And a few days ago... Oh, it was a few days ago. I think it was last week sometime, actually. I did this with a few friends of mine. We ranked the Marvel Cinematic Universe films, all 22 of them, um, after seeing Endgame. And, uh, you know, some people's lists are a bit different because, you know, it all, it all comes down to preferential uh, taste and, um, like, what they think is better in their minds, what maybe they relate to that one more. Um, but I know a lot of people that did have a few of these films in their top, like, five, because we all know that one, you know, which ones are the good ones and which ones are the bad ones. Uh, but I know someone that, that has one of them down here quite high, <laughs> okay? But, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's all about, it's just rankings anyway, anyway, and it's, again, it's personal test at the end of the day. So don't, why don't we start off all 22 films Marvel Cinematic Universe. Let's do it. Number 22, I've got Thor The Dark World. Um, because, yeah, there's, there's no, a Malekith, boring villain, uh, didn't really care for the story, I don't really care about the relationship between Jane Foster and Thor, Natalie Portman didn't want to be in these films after that movie anyway, so, um, and it's just a very, just a very, very boring film, I think, in my opinion. However, there's some, there's some big stuff that happens in that, um, Thor's mother, Thriga, dies, um, he's killed by Malekith, and it's a big thing, but the movie's just so boring, and very, it's not even, it's just paced very badly, and, uh, very, very boring stuff. Uh, number 21, I've got The Incredible Hulk. Again, another boring film. The only good thing about that film was the final fight with the Abomination, and, um, I guess the Tony Stark stuff was alright too, the Thunderbolt Ross stuff as well. But, you know, Edward Norton, basically for the majority of the film, was looking at green, you know, gamma, and uh, all that stuff, and it's very, very slow. There's a, oh, there's so many scenes that just drag on forever and ever. Uh, number 21, sorry, 20, sorry, is the first four movie. Again, I just wasn't a fan of the uh, the couple first couple of four movies. Just not my jam. Uh, number 19, I've got Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, just too much shit. <laughs> just too much shit. Um, and, like, not in, the, not in the good way. Not in, like... Infinity War Endgame way. Uh, number 18, I've got Iron Man 2. Now, many people would put that one down, you know, down the bottom. But, um, you know, I, I don't think it's that bad. I don't really think it's that bad, to be honest. Um, Whiplash is a very terrible villain, and Vive and Vargo is just a 
very boring character. But he's got a bird, I guess. Um, but Justin Hammer for me, uh, Sam Rockwell's character <laughs> saves that movie. And I also got the introduction of Black Widow too. That's pretty dope. And uh, I do I do like that little that little fight scene in 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 the park with War Machine, who is now played by um, Don Cheadle instead of Terrence Howard. And he says, next time, baby, in the first one. But no, there's no next time, isn't there, Terrence? There's no next time. Number 17, I've got Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, again, not really much happens in Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's mostly just a lot of fun. And it was a nice palate cleanser after um, Infinity War. Um, what, you do, what you do need to kind of stick around is... You kind of do need to see this movie before Infinity War... Um, really before Endgame, because you kind of get what the... You need to know what the Quantum Realm's all about and all that stuff and what happens in it. Um, it's nice to know all that information, because then you go into Endgame knowing all that, as well as... Because all the stuff that Scott explains, you already know already, because you've been... You've watched Ant-Man and the Wasp. But I'm, I assume that most people that have watched Endgame have seen most of the MCU films. Number 16 is Captain Marvel. Um, again... I talked about this one. It was a fun movie, but I've, there's a few problems with it that it, you know, they're quite lingering with me, and uh, um, it has to be down here. Uh, number 15 is Captain America, The First Avenger. Um, Joe Johnson made a good film. Uh, I like the relationship between Peggy and Steve. I like the, the grenade moment is great. Um, the relationship between Steve and Bucky as well, and um, the kind of uh, anti-propaganda the kind of ironic kind of propaganda they do in that film and, you know, how it kind of pokes fun at that, but also, um, oh, and, he, and, he, and just his suit. Um, it's just, when The Winter Soldier came out, I just couldn't believe how better The Winter Soldier was than the first one. But, that's nothing against the first Avenger. I just think these movies above that are just better than it. Um, I actually, after seeing it about three times now, I don't really have that much of a problem than the before. Um, I, I think the end's a bit boring, though. I don't think it's a really good ending, and Red Skull's kind of boring to me. He's just kind of a ha-ha-ha villain. Uh, number 14 is Iron Man 3. Um, I think... After... No, 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 I'll probably, probably leave it there. Everyone thinks it's a bit of a lull when he goes and sees Harley Keener in, um, I think it's Alaska. But, um, but the, I was fine with the Mandarin. I mean, it's really Aldrich Killian, who is really just another ha-ha-ha villain, who's played by um, Guy Pearce. And, uh, you know, the suits are cool in the movie. It's when Tony starts having the nightmares and everything like that. And it's, it's more of the quotes that um, Endgame has that kind of relay back to Iron Man 3. Um, and I think Shane Black made a good film. Number 13 is Doctor Strange. Uh, that would be, obviously, Stephen Strange's introduction to the MCU. Really cool film that introduced us to the world of magic and the Time Stone. And, um... It was some, some cool stuff. Tilda Swinton played the Ancient One really well. I liked Baron Mordo. Uh, it's, I liked uh, Mads Mikkelsen's Cassilius, but I just didn't think there was enough scenes with him to really warrant him as a very threatening villain. Um, Dormammu was okay as well. I mean, I liked the scene, the guy come to bargain scene, but I just think Dormammu was kind of a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a waste, really. And that's why it's at the 13. But it's still a really fun film. I thought Scott Derrick's made a good one, and I can't wait for the second one. Number 12 was Black Panther. Um, people are probably getting up me for, like, putting this down, kind of, um, you know, beneath... Doctor Strange, uh, and, uh, sorry, Beneath, like all these other ones before this one, but, I don't know, I, I thought it was a pretty good film, I liked the score, I liked the soundtrack, I liked the costumes, um, I, I thought I just thought some of the fight scenes were a bit too dark, couldn't really see what was going on, and, you know, it, it's, it's, and I like, uh, Michael B. Jordan's performance as well as Killmonger, is one of the, one of the better villains in the MCU, um, but I, I don't know, in the end, it's, it's kind of just, uh, it's, again, it's like a middle-tier film for me. Uh, living as Ant-Man. Um, this movie is just a straight-up heist film, and it's great. Um, Paul Rudd. Uh, you've got you've also, you've always got like my, Michael Pena's um, Louise, a fantastic character. That great scene. Um, David Delsmartian's good as well in it. Uh, you, and Hank Pym. All the ants. I just thought it was a really really fun film. Uh, you got the Basket Robbins joke, um, and then you've got kind of like teasing the wasp, and it was just a really really cool. It was really cool to see things go miniature, and you've also got the great fight scene. Even though Yellow Jacket was a very forgettable villain, um, played by Corey Stoll, um, I thought the um, 
I don't know. I, th- I thought the fight scene in the end was um, very funny, especially with the Thomas the Tank Engine. And <laughs> I think with the police officers, the giant dog, I think, when the spy's running out of the out of the house. It, it, it really, it was really cool when they played with the giant size, mini size stuff. It was very, very funny. Even though they do play with it more in um, Ant-Man and Wasp, but I think the first time around it really worked more because I've never seen it before. And it also is a really, really funny film. And Paul Rudd is great. I love Paul Rudd. Number 10 is Avengers, the first one. Um, really well done and directed by Joss Whedon. I think the first act kind of is a bit slow. I think it's slower than Endgame's first act. And um, and the lighting is very bland. Um, but you've got some really good character moments in there. You've got the... Uh, you've got the you've got the ego of Tony Stark battling with like this, the, um, the selflessness of like Steve Rogers and their kind of personalities, even though they'd be, you've got, like no idea that these guys have become like one of the, two of the best friends in the MCU. Um, and it's nice to see the start of that. Loki's a great as a villain. You've some really great moments in there. The puny God moment. Um, I'm always angry. Great moment. Um, and then you've got the really good, good scene between Loki and Black Widow, the red off the ledger scene. Um, that's a really good one. And then you've got um, always Clark Red is great as um, Phil Coulson. And number nine, you have the first Iron Man. It's um, what, a, what, a, what a great opening to the MCU. Robert Downey Jr. and John Favreau bringing the MCU, um, you know, um, Starting it off, really, and um, you got the great after credit scene with the. I want to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative, um, and just Robert Downey Jr. really owned that role as Iron Man, uh, as as Tony Stark. I couldn't imagine a better casting for Tony Stark. Um, same goes with pretty much everyone, really, <laughs> and uh, that's what I said. I couldn't. I said in my letterbox review, I couldn't imagine after seeing these characters in all these films, I couldn't imagine anyone else playing these roles as perfectly as these characters, as these actors play these, these, um, characters. Number eight is Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, just a really, really fun film. I thought John Watts made a really, really fun film. Um, you know, you, you've still, I've still got my Nick pics of it. I thought Vulture was a great villain. I love Michael Keaton. Um, I love the scene where him in the car where he finds out who Peter is and everything. It's just a really, really great scene. Really done, really, really, really well done scene with great tension. And, um, you know, the references were great as well. The, the, the soundtrack's good. Karen being voiced by Jennifer Colony was very good as well. It's like she kind of returns. Um, because she was in... I think she was Ang Lee's Hulk? I think she was in Ang Lee's Hulk. And, um... Yeah, um, you got the instant kill mode with that one. And it's just... I, Tom Holland is Spider-Man. He's just really, really... He's a, he's a lovable dude. You know, he may look like he's got a frog in his mouth 24-7, but... He's a, I think he's a really great Spider-Man. I think he's a great Peter Parker. Um, and this is who Spider-Man is. He's, he's a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. It's nice to see him doing all these neighborhood things, like, you know, um, showing, um, you know, showing people where to go, taking their, I mean, their bikes, and these, like, chilling around. Um, just a good film. Uh, the only problem I had with that film was just uh, Zendaya's uh, portrayal as MJ, or that how that character was written. I just didn't have, I didn't like that. Um, but other people that do, I just didn't, didn't, uh, seven is, would you believe it? Cause people have this really well right down there. A seven for me is Guardians of the Galaxy volume two. Uh, I thought it was a really, really, um, I mean, it's, it's almost on par with the first one. I just love the character development that, that we all get with Peter Quill, Gamora, I mean, Drax even has that moment with, uh, Mantis. And then you've got Peter's relationship with his father, Ego, Kurt Russell, paid brilliantly by Kurt Russell. Um, you've got the death of Yondu. Um, it's a, I, I, I just think it's a really, really good movie. I've seen it about four times, five, nearly five times now. And um, everyone says it's a really slow one to get through, but I just think it really, really build, builds on character. And it kind of bolsters the first movie up even more to be even more of a, an enjoyment. And I cannot wait after hearing the great, amazing news that James Gunn is returning, I cannot wait for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Especially after Endgame as well. Number six is Captain America Civil War. Um, again, 
great, great, great film uh, in terms of character, but definitely between Tony and uh, Steve. You've got the airports, airport fight scene, which is not really my favorite fight in the MCU, but it's just a really, really cool fight because you see all these characters, you know, you see who's taking each side, um, and you get, um, you know, you get you get whose who, who's ideals lie lie with who in the, in the team. Um, and yeah, as like, I think it's a bit, uh, I think I'm with like a few reviewers when I actually think it's a bit shaky. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I was fine with it. Uh, but I just really liked the relationship you get between that, that develops between Tony and Steve. You get the great fight at the end. You've got the brilliant opening when and you really find out what these heroes are doing and, and the introduction of the so- Sokovia Accords. And you want freedom or control. I just love those themes and that, how they clash. And I just, um, I just thought Russo's made a really, really good film with Civil War. You've got the, you also got the introduction of Black Panther, T'Challa, but also, unfortunately, the death of T'Chaka, who was the previous Black Panther before his son takes his place. Um, yeah, that's why this is number six. I put this, you know, this would be pretty high, but there, I just think these films are better, in my opinion, and um, I like them better anyway. Number five is Thor Ragnarok. Um, wow, Taika Waititi just knocked this out of the park, like, completely, I mean, I've got the Thor films, like, down the bottom, and now Thor is, like, some of people's favorite Avengers, even some of my, one of my favorite Avengers, my favorite Avenger is, if you're wondering, is Captain America, but, um, being one of my tops is Thor, and especially coming from his first two films, which may seem, like, kind of, um, you know, let's just say it, boring, um, Ragnarok is just a really, really fun ride. You got Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie is 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 awesome. You got Korg. You've got Meek. You've got the Grandmaster Loki. Odin's death. You got oh, Hela, Kate Blanchett. Really, 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 really funny. And also, I just think it really broke down the character. It took everything away from Thor and like kind of revitalized his character. And um, that's, I think, I think that is what, in my opinion, people, people definitely disagree with me, but I just think that's what the character of Thor needed. He definitely needed a revitalization, and that's what um, Ragnarok did. It broke him down, and then it brought him right back up into this, he, he, it made him the God of Thunder. It really did. And um, great soundtrack as well, I mean, every time I hear the immigrant song, I just think of the scene from the beginning and the end. Definitely the end, though, you got some great scenes there. And um, Taika Waititi just—he just—he just knocked it out of the park. It was a great film, especially for his debut within the MCU. Um, very, very good. Four is Avengers: Infinity War. Um, Russo's again, fantastic, fantastic stuff. I said it was like a feat of cinema last year when I when I put this. I nearly put this in my top ten. I'm definitely sure this time around that. Um, another movie's going to come top 10, which I'll discuss later, but, um, Love and Fear the War, got a great build to end game, Thanos as a villain is the best villain, in my opinion, in the MCU, and, um, it's really great to see a film from his perspective, and finally see a film where the villain wins, for once, a villain wins, and, um, it was, I mean, I've, it's happened before, but in the MCU, finally a villain wins, he wins. And uh, very rare to see that, and the balls to do that, to go of that, really well done. And then you had no idea where they were going to go after that, and then it was lucky that Endgame just delivered on all cylinders. Um, just a great, yeah, just, and just a really, really good film, even though it goes for 2 hours and 30 minutes. I've, I've watched it almost, I think I watched it six times now. The sixth time I watched it was before Endgame. So, um, yeah, great. Number three is what used to be battling with one and two is Captain America the Winter Soldier. Um, the, In my opinion, the best fight scene in the MCU is that highway scene with Winter Soldier and Cap. Um, just because it reminds me a bit like how Chad Stahelski and David Leitch directed John Wick. How it was all on camera. And you had just a really, really great hand-to-hand combat fight scene. Um, you've got the opening, we've just captured straight up fucking killing folks. You've got Black Widow being badass, you've got the introduction of Falcon. Um, and then the whole idea of like, trust, not trusting your team anymore, not trusting the government that you work for. Having a, 
you know, pretty much having an identity crisis, having a crisis of faith, really, with your with your support system, who you think that, you know, who you, um, I guess, I guess for the people you work for, the organization, and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of mistrust, um, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, you know, side-to-side looks, you've got the elevator fight scene as well, which is great, um, and it's just, it's just a really, really, really good movie, really fucking love The Winter Soldier. Number two is Avengers Endgame. Um, again, I've talked about it. We don't have to say anything more, but this is the film that's going to be on my top 10 at the end of the year. I have, I have definitely... That's probably going to happen. Um, it's going to be my top 10. Don't know where it's going to lie, but it will definitely be... If, if Infinity War didn't make it last year, Endgame blew me away, and it's definitely going to be my top 10 this year. And number one is Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, just a really, really great, fun film. Uh, just a really nice message about family. It doesn't even matter who, if it's your family, that's, you know, kind of like your biological family, but also family that you find within your friends, with your friend's circle, or anyone that, you know, that are, it's a movie about misfits that come together to be a family. And, um, backed by a great, iconic soundtrack and brilliantly written by James Gunn and directed by James Gunn. Um, jokes are flying. Characters are great. Star Lord's my favorite character in the MCU. Peter Quill, and um, I just love, I love, love, love the Guardians franchise, and I cannot wait for Volume Three. So that's it. That is my definitive ranking of the MCU. Um, you know, it, it's uh, you know, you, you you can go online. You can, I think everyone's doing them now. Um, the reason I, I didn't really time this of everyone doing their rankings, but you know, you see Endgame, you rank the film. I'm probably gonna probably rank it again after Far From Home, but I don't think I will. I think not what not one film is gonna do it for me. Um, to whack, whack it in there, but if I had to, I mean, probably. <laughs> but um, it's I think it'd be much easier with Far From Home because you need to slot it in somewhere else. But um, yeah, that's it have any problems with that, you let me know. If you like it, let me know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's... Um, yeah, it was hard doing that. It took, took a while to do it, but we got to it, and that's it. 22 fucking movies. Now 23 after Half Far From Home in July. Speaking of, let's get into it. Let's talk about the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. Now... Before we get into this, I mean, really, you shouldn't even be listening to this podcast if you haven't seen Endgame. But, um, but I'll put a spoiler tag on the title of the, um, of the podcast. I, I was supposed to do it for Endgame, but you, I mean, you definitely, you saw the title Avengers Endgame Breakdown. Full, full breakdown. You should have known what I, what I was doing there. Um, and read the description of the, uh, podcast as well. But, again, another spoilers warning, I should say. We're going to talk about Spider-Man Far from, Far from Home. Now, the reason I say spoilers is because this is going to have a lot to do with Endgame. I have no idea. But, because I was very, I was very, um, uh, I guess, I was very uh, curious. Because Kevin, Endgame was going to be the end of Phase 3. And then Kevin Feige changed his mind and made Far From Home the end of Phase 3. So I was wondering, why is Far From... It just doesn't really feel like Far From Home should be the end of... Should be the beginning... Oh, sorry. The end of uh, Phase 3. Why don't you just end it with that big, big ending in Endgame? I mean, it's in the fucking title. And Phase 3 there. But I think after seeing this trailer, I kind of understand why Kevin is going to make this the last film in Phase 3. I mean, it's the it's the first it's the it's like the next film is coming out, and it's like you can get it straight away because we are not going to get the next MCU film till next year, um, which is you know I I, I like a break, <laughs> so I don't really mind, uh, especially after Endgame. But it's like uh, I I, I kind of see this as um as uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. I think this is going to be really cool, um, really nice, and um, more uh, upbeat palate cleanser after Endgame. Um, that's how I kind of see this one, but I think it's going to be, since we're dealing with a bit more themes here with uh, Far From Home, definitely with the death of Tony Stark, I think this is going to be better than Ant-Man and the Wasp in terms of being a film after a, a, you know, a big fucking story and a very dark, dour film. Um, so let's get into it. 
So the the trailer kind of opens with Tom Holland. Ironic, I mean, ironically, it's Tom Holland telling you not to watch it because of spoilers, even though he's the one that fucking spoils it all. Um, and him and Mark Ruffalo, body legends, are doing that. And um, this trailer pretty much deals with the 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 kind of uh, the aftermath of Tony Stark's death. It, it's affecting Peter. It's affecting Happy Hogan. I like. I just love to see Happy Hogan again. He's just a really. I don't know, he's just, it's nice to have him there. He's kind of like the audience character. And, um, he's just you know, chilling in the background, but it's nice to have George Favreau in there. Um, it's kind of like a reminder that, you know, he's the guy that started the MCU, pretty much, with Iron Man. And he's always, you know, he's always around. Happy Hogan's always around the corner. Fucking your aunt. No. <laughs> I mean, it probably is, I don't know. But, um, you know... I, Peter saw Tony, I guess, as a surrogate father. If Peter... Tony was to Peter kind of his Uncle Ben. His new Uncle Ben. Um, you know, in, you know, Peter's already lost his, like, real parents, but then having that tragedy of losing his uncle, and now having to leave his aunt, I think he sees Tony as a surrogate father. Tony definitely sees Peter as a surrogate son, because they, they have a very touching moments in Infinity War and Endgame, and their relationship kind of builds from Homecoming to Infinity War to Endgame. And then um, you can—he definitely is devastated that Tony is gone, and so is um, is happy. And um, it's kind of looking like that he wants to be, or is being set up as the next Iron Man, or kind of like Spider-Man as like the new Iron Man, but still being Spider-Man, you kind of thing. If I don't, if you know what I mean. But you know, we're going to get into that a bit later. Um, you know, he's he's still rocking around the Iron Spider suit, but. It's um, it's all, uh, I guess, it's all finished, I guess, when he has to go on, he tells him to go on vacation. He, he's got to go on vacation. He's um, doing like a, some sort of, he's wrapping a few villains up, I guess, and he's joking around with the cops, and then he says, I gotta, well, I'm going to go on vacation. Um, now, I don't know why they're going on vacation. Um, people have speculated that they're giving him, because it's just the people that got snapped <laughs> conveniently that are going to be on this vacation. So I, I guess it's like a trip, like, it's either a study trip, like a study tour, like I did in Italy in 2011, or it's kind of like a, I don't want to say courtesy trip, that sounds horrible. Kind of like a trip, just like, you know, all the stat victims gets to go away <laughs> on a holiday together. Because, you know, you, you got like, you got Peter, you got MJ, Ned, Betty Brandt, um, Fash Thompson. Um, I think it's, because I got mixed up between Betty Brandt and, um, Betsy Brandt, who is from Breaking Bad. And I keep saying Betty, Betsy Brandt, but it's Betty Brandt, who is, like, the kind of, like, the anchor. Um, who's played by the always lovely Angoria Rice in Homecoming. Oh, God. I cracked the pen then. <laughs> um, and then, you know... He's, he's feeling... He's getting feelings for MJ. And, uh, Ned's, you know, chatting about... Falling, uh, I guess, I guess he and Betty are together as well because in the first, I think it's like a first trailer or a TV spot. Betty's always like near near him, and she's always like got his her arms around him. So it's like, is Ned and Betty together or something? I don't really, I don't know, but I think we'll definitely find out in the film. Uh, it kind of looks like it to me. It kind of looks like Betty and Ned are together. Did Ned do the news with Betty in Homecoming? I don't know. Anyway, Ned gets knocked out because Nick Fury's sitting in the chair with a bloody nail, uh, bloody, uh, you know, stun gun, tranquilizer gun, sorry, stun gun, tranquilizer gun, and um, pretty much gives him the rundown and introduces him to Quentin Beck, who is played by Jake Gyllenhaal, who is also Mysterio, um, a classic Spider-Man villain. Uh, I haven't read the comics again, I haven't read the comics, so I wouldn't know too much about his backstory or anything like that, but he just seems like a bit of a... Um, is he a shapeshifter? I don't know. Like, he, he seems to create different realities, and he's, um, yeah, I don't know. Correct me on what he is, but I just like the, I like the costume, and Jake Gyllenhaal is always great, so it's always good to have him. Um, he explains that he's from a different world, and he said he needs, he, he uh, needs, he wishes Peter was there in that world, and then Nick Fury explains, goes and explains that when the snap happened, it tore a hole in the dimension. Uh, now, we 
it's interesting to see that that happened because we were kind of guessing that alternate universes existed anyway, especially with all the time travel that was going on in the Endgame. <coughs> Excuse me. And then the Russos said at the end of Endgame that Cap is actually, there's another Cap in an alternate universe. Oh, I just tapped the microphone there. Uh, in an alternate universe. So this is kind of, I think this film is kind of setting up a multiverse. Some people don't like it. I'm I'm on board. I don't mind multiverses. I like parallel universes. So, um, it'd be cool to see that. And uh, it kind of looks like Mysterio is going to be this, uh, this I guess, foe villain? Um, he's going to be set up as a hero, but end up being a villain at the end, I reckon. I reckon the elementals that he's, she's fighting, that Peter is fighting here, that's terrorizing these locations. Um, it's Sandman, Multiman, and Hydro-Man, uh, I've been told. But I think these are kind of like, I don't know, illusions or apparitions of Mysterio's powers, and he's using them to manipulate people into thinking that he's a hero. Um, that's kind of like my read from it. Because I really don't think... I think Mysterio is going to be the villain of this film. And uh, you, know, you never know. They could just fucking pull a, pull the rug out from under us. But I think Mysterio is going to be the villain of this film. He's going to be doing set up as like a good guy. And then he's going to obviously betray Peter and become the villain of the movie. Uh, that's, that's, what I, that's my kind of read from it. Um, that's the Mysterio situation I'm getting. And all the elementals. I think there's a there's an, also an amalgamation of all elementals in, in one scene. Um, but again, it looks like Mysterio's kind of set it up so he can save these citizens and look like a bigger hero than Peter. Um, you could say there's a bit of inspiration there from Peter's heroics, but it definitely thinks it definitely looks like there's a bit of a selfishness to Mysterio's character or Quentin Beck's character um, that he wants to be the hero of the day, that he wants to be the only one to save everyone from these kind of. I mean, they look they almost look apocalyptic the way they control their elements. Um, but uh, that's that's what I'm getting from that character. I definitely think there's going to be some sort of surprise in the film. Definitely. Um, you've also got the return of MJ. Peter's falling for MJ over the trip. Uh, now again, I, I mentioned in the MCU rankings that I wasn't really a fan of MJ or her, or her character. I like Zendaya, but I don't like. I just didn't really like how her character was written. She seems to be more nonchalant in this movie. Doesn't really care about most things. Um. And then she knows that Peter is Spider-Man, it looks like. So I don't know how that's going to go. It'd be interesting to see what happens there. Um, but maybe the, maybe her character gets better in this film. Maybe maybe her character has more development. That's why I like the MCU, because it gives these... It gives, like, the next films coming after the first one for more character development. That's why Guardians of the Galaxy is at number seven on my list. Um, so who knows? Maybe MJ could be improved. Um... But again, it's not going to change my opinion on the first one. But, yeah. Um, you've got the really cool shot of Peter wearing Tony's glasses, where he's looking at through the car window. That definitely looks like Tony's glasses from Infinity War. Um, and so I, definitely, I think he's seeing some sort of... He's using the nanotech in the glasses to see some sort of thing that's going to definitely surprise him. It looks like... Because he says, oh my god, I think. Um, maybe that's Mysterio. Maybe that's the Elementals doing some weird shit. I think it's got something to do with... It's a big thing. It's probably Mysterio is going to be that. Uh, but it was really cool to see Peter wearing those glasses. He kind of looked like Tony a bit without the facial hair. <laughs> uh, but just a bit more bulgy eyes. Um, and it looks like... So the big thing that's... So what I got from the trailer is... It looks like they're trying to set up Peter as the new Iron Man. Even though... Because he's, he's, in the, he's also in the ship... And he's using Tony's kind of tech, but it's like for his spider suit. So, if not being the new Iron Man and wearing the Iron Man armor, like the Mark armor, he's kind of like the new Iron Man, but still as Spider-Man, if you know what I'm trying to say. Um, He'll he probably go by the immensity of Spider-Man, but like do Iron Man things, like do more things that Iron Man would have done um, when it comes to like saving people, I guess, as well. Because he was definitely a big inspiration for Peter. And again, I say, you know, surrogate father. And he misses him a lot. He misses him a lot. He says it in the trailer. So it kind of looks like they're going down that road. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mind. I don't mind it. 
Um, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see what they uh, they do there. Uh, also, the other big thing, obviously, is this film is trying to set up multiverses. Um, unless they, again, pull the rug out from under us and there's no multiverses. But it'd be really, really cool, I guess, if the multiverses are introduced and we get a new Spider-Man. Because Peter becomes... So if we do the Iron Man, Spider-Man, Iron Man thing. Peter becomes the new Iron Man, and then the new Spider-Man is now Miles Morales, coming from, you know, another universe. Now, we just saw Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse, how well that was done. So, that could be interesting to do that. And, there's already connection to Miles Morales in the MCU. Um, if you watch Homecoming, there's also a deleted scene as well, but in the actual film of Homecoming, uh, Miles Morales' uh, uncle, Aaron Davis... Is in the film. Who is the who is the prowler? Um, who's played by Donald Glover, or if you know him by his musician's name, uh, Charles Gambino. But um, he is he's in he's in the movie. He's in, in, I think he's credited as Aaron Davis. I think. Uh, but he's already in the MCU, and he could be the prowler in a, like an, in a in a future film. And Miles Morales could be the new could be the new Spider-Man. I mean, that, that, that's just something they could do there. I'm not too sure if they will they will go down that road, but. That's just something that could happen, definitely. If, especially if we're trying to set up multiverses already, um, people will think it's a bit premature. But I think after seeing Endgame, I don't really mind seeing them trying to set up this new multiverse thing. Especially if we're gonna get, you know, some more cosmic films, like definitely in Phase Four, like Eternals. Um, I think we're. I don't know. I I kind of think we're ready for it. So. Yeah, those, that's my thoughts on the new Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. Pretty keen. Uh, wasn't, I wasn't too keen because I was just, I was just like, yeah, like Endgame's going to be like fantastic and then there's like Spider-Man afterwards. But I'm actually keen for it, especially because it ties into Endgame a bit more, like Captain Marvel tied into Endgame, you know, in its tiniest parts, but still did. Um, I think that this is going to be tying Endgame a bit more, definitely because of this is dealing with the aftermath of Tony's death. So I'm pretty excited for Spider-Man Far From Home. It comes out on July 22nd, I believe. Um, and uh, I look forward to it. The end of phase, the end of phase three. So when we get to the end of phase three. What's up to phase three? Well, phase four. And what's happening in phase four? So this is what I'd like to uh, discuss next. Let's have a look at phase four. Um, now we we know as of April that uh, phase four is going to go from 2020 into 2025 at least. That's what uh, Kevin Feige has said. Um, he said earlier, like last year, I think, or the year before, they said if we were to make more films after 2018, that would be really exciting. Um, and it looks like well, they, they, already, they already have. And um, if we could make more movies, we could make more movies. And then as of April, like last month, I'm talking last month, April, um, he has said that he would, he would like the Phase 4 to run from 2000 to 2020, 2020 to 2025. So what I wanted to do is look at the films that could possibly potentially be in Phase 4. And um, we're going to look at the details on that. And see, you know what 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 were um what we what we know so far. So I think the first film that is going to be in Phase Four, I think in my opinion, is going to be Black Widow. Um, we've got dates. Um, I I know that he wants to do it from well, we know he wants to do it for like five year, five years, but. We don't know the actual dates. I think... Actually, did he actually release, like... Did he release dates? Actual dates. So we've got phase four... Phase four dates. So I've got tabs here open that look and actually got the films, but... I think he actually has... He actually has, like... They have released, like, a slate... To do with... There we go. There, go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, we got May 1st, 2020, November 6th, 2020, February 12th, 2021, May 7th, 2021, November 5th, 2021, February 18th, 2022, May 6th, 2022, July 29th, 2022. Now he wants, again, he wants phase four to go through about four years, five years. So I think Black Widow is going to be, 
I think we're going to get Black Widow May 1st, 2020. Um, because, because we've got our director, Kate Shortland, who uh, did uh, Berlin Syndrome from um, 2017. She also did um, a great film called Somersault. And um, I was excited for it to do Black Widow. Um, and it's great that we have a female director for Black Widow. I think it's um, I think it's great to see the diversity, and it's great to see that she could be. Um, I think she she's the right director. I think one of the right direct. I, I mean, I could probably see Karinka Sama do it as well. Hell, hell, even uh, no. I think I think um, Lynn Ramsey could. I think she would. She would do. I don't think she's. No, I don't think Lynn Ramsey would be right for it. She she does. I know what kind of movie she does, and I don't think she'd be right that right for it. But I like Kate Shortland for it. It's a nice, it's a nice pick. Uh, we've got definitely got Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow, but we also got Rachel Weisz, uh, David Harbour, and Florence Pugh, as you guys would know from uh, Lady Macbeth. Um, she was also recently in just in this year's Fighting with My Family, which is really cool. <laughs> um, which is, I've heard is a is, is a really cool movie. Uh, I've yet to watch it, but I'm going to watch it this week. And I like Florence Pugh as an actor. I really liked her in Lady Macbeth. Um, she's going to be in Arias's Midsummer, um, which I'm also very keen for. And uh, I think I saw her in something else, Outlaw King on Netflix with uh, Chris Pine. She was good in that too. I think she's a wonderful actress, a great up and comer. And um, it'd be really good, this um, interesting to see her in the MCU. It's it's not she's it's it's early for an actress like her to get into the MCU, but you know more power to her. And it's uh, Rachel Weisz and David Harbour. Like, fantastic. Good, good casting there. So I think that's what's going to be for May 1st, 2020. Now, November 6, 2020. November 6. Could be... I mean, it probably is going to be The Eternals. Um, I think Eternals will be in... 2000, in um, fucking... What is it? November, November 2020, because we're dealing with a lot more CGI, I think, because we're going to get more cosmic with the Eternals. Um, and I think Black Widow will require less CGI. If we're dealing with kind of like a spy thriller and dealing with like her, if it's probably going to be prequels, what's so her beginning in the Academy, um, the Ballet Academy, also like the Assassin organization that she's a part of. And her past and everything like that. I just think Eternals is going to deal with a lot more CGI because we're dealing with space and, you know, cosmos. Uh, so I think that's going to be the November release date. Um, we've got a director, Chloe Zhao, who did The Rider last year. Um, which, I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's good. So, again, um, more diversity, another female director. Uh, we've got Richard Madden, who's rumoured at the moment. But we've got Angelina Jolie, she's been cast as Cersei. And Kuan Lanjiani has been cast as well. But um, our latest casting announcement was um, Richard Madden. And um, he's, as you guys know, he'll, he's Rob Stark from Game of Thrones. So uh, it be interesting to see him in there. So nice little line up there. I don't, know, I don't know much about the Eternals again. Actually, I don't know anything about the Eternals. But um, I like space. I like the cosmos, especially first scene in Guardians. And, um, you know, dealing with a lot more in these, these uh, most recent films. Captain Marvel as well. I'm ready for more space shit. Um, it's it's cool. Sh it's cool stuff. Um, I, I guess the plot is at the moment we've got a very vague. The, the saga of the Eternals, a race of immortal beings who lived on Earth and shaped its history and civilizations. Don't know who the villain's going to be. Uh, maybe there's no villain. I don't know. Maybe this is the the as again the shaping of civilization. But it sounds like. Um, because people had had rumors that we were going to get a Celestials movie, which is they're kind of the keepers of I've heard they're they're the keepers of the Infinity Stones. Um, and people kind of get mixed up between the Eternals and the Celestials. Uh, I think we'll deal with the Celestials in maybe like an X Men film. Maybe I don't I don't I don't really know. I don't, I don't know. But I definitely think that. Those two dates are going to be Eternals and Black Widow. I'm definitely I'm going to go with May first. I'm going to I'm going to lock it in. May first is Black Widow. November sixth is Eternals. 
Uh, now, February f- February 12th, 2021, I think is going to be... It's either going to be... Now, it could be different because we don't have any casting yet. I mean, we're probably going to get for Black Panther, definitely going to get Chadwick Boseman and, um, you know, uh, Letitia Wright and uh, uh, Daniel Guerrero. But, and we've got Ryan Coogler back. I mean, Doctor Strange 2 has Scott Derrickson back directing. We've, we've got... Um, Benedict Cumberbatch as uh, Doctor Strange will probably get Chiwetel Ejiofor as Baron Mordo. Um, and maybe some flashbacks of the Ancient One. I don't know. But I'm going to go... This is what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with May... February 12, 2021 being Shang-Chi. Which is the introduction of a, the first Asian superhero within the MCU. It's directed by Daniel Justin Cretton, who did the brilliant Short Term 12, one of my favorite movies of all time, and uh, Glass Castle. But, uh, you know, most importantly, Short Term 12. I mean, guys, you haven't seen Short Term 12. Uh, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> uh, it's a really, really, really great film. Got some a great cast to it, um, and some... It, it, it's, it's Brie Larson's performance of her career. It's fantastic. Anyway, I gush about Charleston 12 all the time, so I should stop. So I think that Shang-Chi is going to take the uh, the February 12, 2021 spot. And I uh, don't know much about it at all. It's based on Shang-Chi, the Master of Kung Fu. Um, you guys can... You know, this is, this is not going to be the podcast to learn about what these heroes are, these, especially these kind of uh, lesser-known heroes, because I'm not going to have the information for you. There's plenty of videos on YouTube that can tell you all about that stuff. But this, this is just kind of my take on it, my perspective. Um, but I think we're going to get that in that slot there. After that, I think we're either going to get... I think we're going to get Black Panther 2. And that is going to be in... Um, we're going to get that May 7th, I think. May 7th, 2021 is going to be Black Panther 2. We've got Ryan Coogler back as directing. Now, because of some sort of... Some kind of throwaway line, but maybe it's not a throwaway line. Uh, we're definitely going to get Chubby Boseman back as Black Panther and, you know, Shuri, um, Letitia Wright as Shuri, Daniel Guerrero as uh, McQuay, and maybe M'Baku. But, it's kind of like a throwaway line in, in the endgame, but uh, Okoye mentions there's an earthquake in the ocean, and I've talked to some people, and they think it's going to be Namor the Submariner. And he could be a villain for Black Panther 2. Um... Which could be interesting. I don't know. I don't know too much about him. He sounds like Marvel's Aquaman. Um. Oh, it's and it's rumored that Michael B. Jordan will play. Is rumored to play Killmonger, and we might get Craven the Hunter. Um, it's a rumor at the moment that Ryan Coogler um, wants. So we got Ryan Coogler writing directing again. I, I again I thought the first one was pretty good. I might even like this one more. Who knows? But I like Ryan Coogler as a director. Creed's great. Um, Fruit Valley Station's great. Um, oh, that doesn't. Oh, that's that's what's the other film that he's done? Oh, Kyle, what have you done? Does it? Oh, was it? Was it? Have I done it all? Have I talked about all his films? Well, he didn't do Creed 2. That was um, Stephen Cable Jr. People are wrong about shit. Fruitvale Station, you haven't seen that movie. It's fantastic. And a great performance from um, Michael B. Jordan. Holy shit. Good, 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 good film. So, I think Black Panther's going to be the... It's going to be the May 7th, 2021 spot. And then, on November 5th, 2021, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that... Now, we saw the release of Doctor Strange in, I think, November 2016. So I think in November 5th, 2021, we're going to see the release of Doctor Strange 2. Um, again, Scott Derrickson is back directing. We've got Cumberbatch back as uh, Doctor Strange, Stephen Strange, Social Supreme. And we could get either Baron Mordo, we could get the return of Dormammu. I don't think we'll get Cassilius. But, um, again, I don't, there's, the plot's unknown. Um, I guess we can go, we can, we can check out any, if there's any trivia. 
Slight chance Spider-Man will appear. Don't think so, though. Um, so, I don't I don't know about... So there's not much to know about Doctor Strange, but it, it's I'm going to put that as my November 5th, 20, November 12th, 2021 spot. Right. Okay. February 18th, 2022. Now, because... Now, these ones here, right? These ones here. I think because we got Captain Marvel in March... I think we're going to get Captain Marvel 2 in February 18th, 2022. I think we're going to get a second Captain Marvel film. Now, Brie Larson is, is supposed to be contracted for seven films. She's done three. Um, three or two? Is that three? Two? Three? Three. Uh, Captain Marvel. Endgame. Is she for anyone? No, I don't know. Uh, I'm having a mind blank. Um, I think we get number two. We could get a scroll, another scrolls kind of film. I don't know what we. Oh, I don't know what we get. There's no plot at the moment. Um, but again, Brie Larson's contract to be seven films, so I think we'll get. Now the reason I think we'll get it in February. Now the reason I say we'll get it in February there, and I think the May 6, 2022 spot, the May 6, 2022 spot, I've got a strong feeling that's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Strong feeling. Don't know, you know, what to do with it, but strong feeling because he's going to do, he's doing Suicide Squad first and he said he wouldn't start, I guess, filming Guardians till 2021. So, um, I reckon we'll get that 2020, 2022, May 6th because we got the first one and Volume 2 around May as well, around summer. Um, and it seems like a great spot for it. So that's what I see there from May 6, 2022. Um, yeah, Guardians 3. It looks We'll probably get Thor in it as well. And I think I guessed the plot on the part one, how they like, could be searching for Gamora, like the real... the um, I guess you could say the 2014 version of Gamora. Um, but it looks like Thor's going to be in it, setting a potential for Thor 4. Um, we got news as well today, uh, kind of a rumor that John Favreau knows he could make a fourth Iron Man film. So, that's interesting. Um, but, yeah. Very keen for Volume 3. Um, hated when James Gunn was fired from Disney. I was very upset about that. And then um, him, him being reinstated as director, using his script. I mean, it's it's great. It's it's all come together. He's doing it. But he's doing it after Suicide Squad, which is... It's, it's going to be weird to see Suicide Squad, then Guardians, and be like, oh, James Gunn did both of those films. But it looks like his priorities right now love Suicide Squad, and he's going to return to Guardians in 2021 to film that, to have it released in 2022. Seems so long away, but I'm just I'm just glad that he's he's still he's still he's going to finish his trilogy. Now that means we have one more spot left, which is July 29th, 2022. I'm not too sure. Now what we could do here is we're going to look at some dream slates. Um, because these are the films we've, you know, we've already talked about the main ones that are def probably going to definitely going to happen in phase four, but here we got some dream slates here. Now, what they could either do is introduce the X-Men or Fantastic Four again, this time now being Marvel. Um, my bet is on Fantastic Four because in people are just, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of guessing that uh, Homecoming, sorry, in, in Far From Home trailer, there's a building that used to be where the Avengers Tower was, where Spider-Man's swinging in New York. That could be the construction of either Oscorp or the Baxter building from Fantastic Four, which is, um, you know, the main thing, the Fantastic Four's headquarters, really. Now, I'm not sure, but... I reckon we'll get... I reckon we will, because you said we're not, they're not going to worry about the X-Men and, and uh, Fantastic Four for a long time. But again, that's a long time. 2022 is, uh, you know, years... A few, uh, a few years away. So we, you know, we could get it. I think we could get it sooner than we think. Uh, we might even get an Ant-Man and a Wasp. Um, we might get a... We might get a... Uh, sorry, an Ant-Man and a Wasp. A third Ant-Man and Wasp film. Uh, there's a lot of dream slates that have, you know, released 
Dream Slates that have like Spider-Man Far From Home, they've got Black Widow, Eternals, Black Panther 2, Doctor Strange 2, Guardians of the Volume 3, Captain Marvel 2, and uh, another Ant-Man film. And then there's other ones that have, um, oh, that's, that's, a, that's a very old one. <laughs> that's a very old one, Jesus. There's another one that has um, Fantastic Four, X-Men, Nova Corps. Which is the introduction, um, which could be the introduction of Nova. I think I think I saw an article the other day that was talking about the introduction of Nova. Um, is he from the... No. Oh, okay, well, uh, X-Men, right. Could, could X-Men happen? I think before... I reckon we'll get Fantastic Four before X-Men, I think. Just because of just, like, we're, get, we're gonna have, you know... We're gonna have, um... Dark Phoenix coming out soon, and then we've got um, New Mutants being delayed till April next year. And that's still kind of dealing with X-Men, so I don't think we'll get them for a while. I think we'll definitely get Fantastic Four before X-Men. Um, but the question is when. That is the question. When when will we get the Fantastic Four? Um, so there's, there's one more film, which is the July 29th spot, 2022. There's one more film that could take that spot, and I'm just trying to work out, just, you know, just having some, you know, chucking some ideas back and forth that what could happen. It's either it could be a Thor, it could be a fourth Thor movie. It could be a fourth Thor movie. It could, it really could be. Uh, no, that's not that one there. Uh, Nova. Again, people, people loving this Nova. I love and chuck a Nova around. Also, I think Guardians 3 is going to introduce Adam Warlock because we got a kind of a tease. Guardians 2 with the Sovereign, the leader of the Sovereign played by Elizabeth Dibicki. Um, The Sovereign kind of, you know, have this thing, I guess, in this kind of coffin um, that looked like an iron, like a golden iron maiden. <laughs> and uh, she says, I'm going to call him Adam. So that's Adam Warlock, obviously. People thought we we're gonna get him Endgame, but I think we'll get or we will get we will get Adam Warlock in Guardians Three, I reckon, and that'll be kind of like a thing to do with Thor. Um, yeah, that's what I think is gonna happen. So, you know, a lot of dreaming there. I mean, we definitely got like our kind of the films that are probably gonna be part of Phase Four, but there's definitely that July 29th spot. There's kind of like a dream thing. Um. So it's all up, really up to speculation. What could what could replace that spot? Uh, but the question is, like, what is it going to be, and when when are these Phase Four details going to be revealed? What film's going to take those slots, and how is Kevin going to you know sculpt the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Uh, because so far it's been you know brilliant, but so far it's been one big saga, the Infinity Stone saga. So to do something different. That could be started with Eternals, or um, you know, it it, could, it really could be. It I it could not be Black Widow, and it probably could be Eternals. That could start this kind of new story for the MCU. Because um, you're definitely getting a lot of um, you know Cosmos, Cosmos and magic there with Guardians Three, Doctor Strange, um, just and Captain Marvel Two. I definitely think we'll get Captain Marvel Two in Phase Four. And uh, what I like about Phase 4 is, yeah, we're getting a lot more diversity with the more female directors. We've got Chloe Zhao, Kate Shortland. <coughs> Excuse me. And then we've got our returning great directors, Ryan Coogler and Scott Derrickson. Um, so that, that spot, that last spot, could we get Taika Waititi doing a 4-4 movie? Could we get Peyton Reed coming back to do another Ant-Man and the Wasp film? Um, it's all up to speculation, but people think that it could all be revealed in, um, uh, phase, f sorry, phase four, Marvel, uh, release date, when's, is D23 already been on this year? Because a lot of shit gets revealed at D23. Yeah, okay. Okay.
Don't know. No, not people, not many people know. Okay, cool. Uh, well, I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get the information there, but because um, there's no information really. But that is, I think that is about everything we know about the uh, phase four of the Multicimatic Universe. Um, there's, there's a few dream predictions there, but also I think that I could be right with those slates. Now, other people could have the same opinions as well, but it seems appropriate for some of those films to be in those slates, especially Guardians 3 being in the May 6th spot, since because... Since because... Since uh, Marvel 1 and... Uh, sorry, uh, Guardians 1 and Guardians 2 was in... I think both in May, I think. So it'd be... It'd be it's like a... It's like poetic for it to be in um, May again, the third film. And again, James Gunn turning, coming back and doing it all again. Love it. So that'll be, that's going to wrap it up. We've hit an hour. Beautiful. That's going to wrap it up uh, for the for this year's kind of penultimate Marvel Cinema, Cinematic Universe podcast for the uh, Case of the Movies podcast. Um I've had such an enjoyable time talking about these films, talking about uh, the MCU. Um, I love the MCU. I love most of these movies. Uh, but you can't deny that you get such enjoyment and fun from most of these films, and they do deliver on the entertainment factor. Um, I had a great time breaking down Endgame, even though it took like a very long time to do. And, I, you know, this 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 podcast, these this... Even if it was a two-parter, it did require a bit of work, a bit of research to do. Um, we're a bit on the fly at the end there, but, um, you know, I, try, I tried to do the best I could there, explaining everything. Again, I'm not the best source to look up for MCU stuff. I just like to offer my opinions and perspective for it all. Um, there's definitely other pages on YouTube and videos on YouTube, people on YouTube channels that you can watch to get more content about, definitely about character descriptions and comics and background, backstories, all that stuff like that. I'm just here to offer my uh, take on it all. But if you've listened to both of these parts, thank you very much. Thank you for um, you know tuning in and listening to me drone on for what what was the first one like? Almost we've almost talked about it for three hours. The the uh, Land for Ven game far out. Um, but you know I had, I had a lot of fun putting this putting this, putting this one together. Um, definitely not going to be a two-parter though because I just could not do this in one podcast to talk about this whole thing it's such a whole it's it's such a packed um, just thing like there's a lot of content to talk about and there's a lot of information um, and research that had to be done for all this so so yeah I thank you for you know putting up with this listening to this uh, if you like this kind of stuff Tell a mate, let him get onto it. I'm, as I said, I'm now on Spotify, and soon I'll be on. You'll be able to search me up on other podcasts. Um, and it feels good to be out there. feels Feels good. Now, before I go again, I'm going to let you guys know. I'll be on Tuesday. On Tuesday, you'll get a John Wick three early review, and um, you probably might get. I'm thinking of seeing Long Shot first, and then Detective Pikachu later in the week. Um, I might see Long Shot. I mean, maybe after, maybe because it's I probably probably could actually knock that out. I watched um, Wine Country last night with Mum for Mother's Day. By the way, hope you guys had a great Mother's Day. Um, what did you get, your mum? What did you do for your mum? I uh, watched Wine Country with Mum and did the dishes, which is a uh, just a really really fun, you know, light-hearted film about friendship. Really, um, great cast as well. Amy Poehler, Rachel Dratch, uh, Maya Rudolph, Anna Kastaya, uh Paul Pell, Emily Spivey, and then Jason Schwartzman and Tina Fey. Look uh, that cast. Lots of great, funny women, and um, it was a just an enjoyable film. It was, it was a. It was it was pretty much them drunk improvising. It felt like they were playing themselves at points as well, and uh, it was like the female version of this is the end, but with wine instead of like the apocalypse. <laughs> um, I think that's what Amy Poehler said too. It was also directed by Amy Poehler, and uh, that's what she said um, as well. But I'll have more information about that um, on Tuesday's podcast. And again, I'll be talking about John Week Three, guys. 
Thank you for listening to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. It was a bloody bitch to do, a lengthy one to do, a lot of shit to talk about. Hope you, as much, hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Uh, you can now look at me up on Spotify, Casey at the Movies Podcast. Give that thing a fucking follow. Subscribe to that thing, and tell your friends about it. This is how you know. This is how I want to keep giving out content. I'm still going to do it because I love talking about movies, but. It's going to make me even happier to know that people are listening to it, enjoying the content, and um, wanting more, and um, you know, getting suggestions of what I can do to improve this, the quality of this thing. Um, always great. So get on Spotify, and then soon you'll be able to get on Apple Podcasts. Um, it'll probably up by to, like by today, since today is Monday. It's like three thirty at the moment. Like, today is Monday, so it'll probably up by today. So, uh, get on there. Follow me on there. You can, if you want to go on CastBox, that's where you can, you can find me on there as well. Um, looking at getting on Stitcher, but don't know yet. Uh, but on those ones, go search, search me out there. Looking to get the website together as well. Things are coming together. Who knows? I don't know. Life's crazy. <laughs> Righto, guys. Thanks for listening, and I will see you on... Uh, I will, you will you hear me, I guess, on uh, Tuesday.